This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. For two years, the Rebbe Reb Zusha and his brother, Rebbe Elimelech, walked around to fix the exile. According to Judaism, Hashem and the Shechina are in exile. And to understand their suffering, the two brothers also wanted to exile themselves. On another level, the two holy brothers, they knew that they had a mission in this world, and you can sit over a holy book for a hundred years, but it won't compare to what you can learn with one day walking down the street. So these two brothers wanted to get to know the world better. As everyone knows, when Shabbos comes, you have to find a place to stay. But that was never a problem for the two holy brothers, because every Thursday night their father, who had passed away, would come to them in a dream and tell them where they were supposed to pray and eat on Shabbos. One particular Thursday, they were in a certain town, and their father came to them from the other world and said to Rebbe Limelech, This week I want you to eat by the house of the rabbi. And to Reb Zusha, he said, I want you to eat with the shoemaker. Rebbe Limelech, he went to the rabbi's house and spent Shabbos there. Everything was in order. Really, nothing to talk about. And the Rebbe Reb Zusha, he went to the shoemaker. But when he knocked on the door, the shoemaker wouldn't let him in. I know about people like you. You complain when you daven. And for good reason. Your davening is for like hours and hours. It takes you 10 years to eat. I work hard all week. When I daven on Shabbos, I daven fast. I eat quickly, I go to sleep, and I don't want anybody like you in my house taking away from my rest. The Rebbe of Zusha, he knew there was something special about this shoemaker. And so he said, Whatever you tell me, shoemaker, I'll do it, I swear. I'll daven fast, I'll eat quickly, I'll sleep. You won't hear any complaints from me. So the shoemaker reluctantly agreed. But he warned Reb Zusha again, If you don't keep your word, I'm going to throw you out on the street in the middle of Shabbos. So Friday night, they went to pray. The Rebbe Reb Zusha, he realized the shoemaker's house was filled with Lamed Vav Tzadikim. They daven so fast that the Rebbe Reb Zusha's blessings took longer than their whole service. After five minutes, they were finished. They went back to the shoemaker's home. They had a little meal. And just like the host warned him, they ate so fast. Reb Zusha didn't have time to even sit down in his chair. Before he knew it, they were saying Birkat Amazon, and the meal was over. But the Rebbe Reb Zusha was so convinced that something special was going to happen that Friday night. He stayed up all night waiting for the shoemaker to get up. But while the Rebbe Reb Zusha was keeping watch, the shoemaker actually slept. And the next morning, the Rebbe Reb Zusha could hardly keep his eyes open. He got up for the davening, which of course lasted only a few minutes. The second meal, they ate super fast. And then the Rebbe Reb Zusha, he laid down and fell asleep. And this time he really slept. And when he woke up, it was late in the afternoon. He looked around the house and nobody was there. Everybody had left. But then he found one of the shoemaker's little boys. And he said, where's your father and mother? Where is everyone? And the little boy just pointed upward. And he was pointing to the attic and he said, they're there in the attic for Sudash Lishit, for the third meal. The Rebbe of he ran upstairs, but he saw that the ladder to the attic had been pulled up and he couldn't get in there. Not wanting to miss his chance, the Rebbe of ran outside, climbed up a tree, and somehow he found himself hanging by one hand to the roof 
and swinging while looking into the window of the attic. The Rebbe Abazusha looked and he saw 36 families seated around a table, eating and learning. The shoemaker was sitting at the head of the table with his back to the Rebbe Rebzusha. Gave the Rebbe Rebzusha shivers to think that he had been spending Shabbos in the home of the head of the 36 righteous tzaddikim who held up the whole world. There's the Rebbe Rebzusha hanging by one hand, trying not to fall, but at the same time, trying not to miss a thing. And then those who were sitting next to the window, they look and they see Rebzusha hanging there from the roof. They say, Get him down! He's not supposed to be here! He doesn't belong here! Shoemaker, he turned around, and he sees the Rebbe Rebzusha hanging there from the window, and he says, I can't just throw him down! He's my guest! So everybody said, Fine, open the window and let him in. So the shoemaker opened the window and brought in the Rebbe Rebzusha, and he joined the 36 families for the third meal in Shabbos. Shoemaker said to him, I'm letting you in because I accepted you as my guest, but now everything you see or hear, you have to swear you will never tell anyone. Because the Torahs that the Lamed Vav Tzadikim tell one another are not for this world. The Rebbe Abzusha swore, and obviously he had the highest third meal of his life. The Rebbe Abzusha stayed for the meal and then left the shoemaker's house with his heart and his soul on fire. The next morning, the Rebbe Abzusha met up with his brother, Rebbe Elimelech, and they went together to shul to pray. And as soon as Rebbe Zusha started davening, Rebbe Melech knew something had happened on Shabbos. The Rebbe Abzusha was praying like he, Rebbe Elimelech, might pray on Yom Kippur. So he goes to his brother and he says, Zusha, what happened to you this Shabbos? Your praying is unbelievable. I feel like you've climbed up a ladder two million miles and I'm left far behind. The Rebbe of Zusha said, Ah, nothing happened. Just an ordinary Shabbos. Rebbe Elimelech says, No, tell me about the shoemaker. The Rebbe of Zusha says, Ah, nothing special. Just a shoemaker. Rebbe Elimelech, he realized that Rebbe Zusha was hiding something from him. He said, Zusha, listen to me. When we started on this journey out into the world, we promised to share everything with each other. We took an oath and you took an oath to me. You swore that you would never hold anything back. I'm holding you to that promise. What happened on Shabbos? And the Rebbe of Zushi realized that he had indeed taken an oath to his brother long before he met the shoemaker. Since a second vow can't annul the first one, the Rebbe of Zusha said, okay, he's going to tell his brother everything, and he did. That night, the two brothers came to a little inn, and since they were poor people, they were given a place under the table to sleep. In the middle of the night, there was a heavy banging on the door. And a nobleman dressed in armor with a visor over his face, he says to the innkeeper, Do you have a good room where I can sleep? And the innkeeper said, For you, an honorable nobleman, of course I have the best. And so the innkeeper was leading him upstairs, and he sees the two brothers sleeping under the table. He says to the innkeeper, Who are those two men sleeping under the table? Oh, they're just two rabbis that don't have any money to pay. So the nobleman says, I'll pay for them, but we don't have any more rooms. So the nobleman says, Make a bet for them in my room. I can't stand to see good people sleeping on the floor. It's crazy. The Rebbe Reb Zusha and Rebbe Limelech were woken up in the middle of the night, brought into this beautiful room. The nobleman laid on the bed in his armor, and they only had time to say thank you very much before he, they all fell asleep. In the morning, the nobleman woke up and very early took off. About an hour later, he came back, still wearing his armor. Where are those two Jews? One of them stole my watch. The innkeeper was very upset. I don't believe it. They look like two righteous people. How could it be? I don't care what you think. One of them stole my watch. The nobleman walked back to his room and grabbed the Rebbe Rebzusha by the collar. Did you steal my watch, Jew? The Rebbe Rebzusha said, no, I didn't steal your watch. The nobleman gave him a good slap across the face. He said, confess, Jew, you stole my watch. But the Rebbe Rebzusha insisted, I didn't steal, I promise you, I didn't steal anything. So the nobleman hit him really hard across the face. Confess, confess that you stole. Then the nobleman took Rebbe Limelech 
smacked him across the face and he said, Confess, you're the one. You must be the one that stole my watch. When neither of them would confess, he chained them both to his wagon and whipped his horses. I'm taking you both to the judge. And he dragged them away. The Rebbe Abzusha and Rebbe Elimelech, after the beating, had little strength left. They barely made it to the judge. And the judge was a nobleman, just like the first one, wearing armor and a visor. The first nobleman says, These two Jews, maybe both of them together, they stole my watch. The judge says to them, Confess, Jews. No, they said. We didn't steal anything. Bang! He hits the two brothers and knocks them onto the ground. After this, the two armored men started to leave Rav Elimelech alone. Instead, they started beating with the Rebbe Reb Zusha. But nobody knew why. The Rebbe Reb Zusha felt like his mamash at his end. He couldn't take it anymore. The nobleman and the judge, they announced, This is your last chance. Do you confess or not? And Zusha, on the ground, he says, I didn't steal from you. I don't know why you keep accusing me. The nobleman and the judge took off their visors, and the Rebbe Reb Zusha recognized the shoemaker and one of the other Lamed Vav Tzadikim. Today, for breaking your vow to us, you were supposed to die, because you stole from us. You stole from us the Torahs that we told you weren't allowed to reveal to anyone. But we prayed all night that you could just escape with a beating. So from now on, you have to keep your vow. Because if you say another word about us, Reb Zusha, you'll be taken out of this world immediately. And everybody knows that the Rebbe Reb Zusha, he never said Torah after that. Because the Torahs that he would have given over wouldn't be for this world. Which is why the Magid of Mezrich wrote to his pupil, the Apter Rav, don't force Zusha to become a Rebbe, because he's already beyond that. And so we don't have any books written by Reb Zusha. We have an approbation of the Tanya, but that's really it. Because the Torah that would come out of Reb Zusha's mouth were Torahs that weren't for this world. I lie.